The following podcast contains strong language and discussion of enslavement, sex, dubious consent, and coercion. It's in the book. And welcome to It's In The Book, a queer Bible podcast. I'm Jay Sylvan. My pronouns are they, them, there. I am a Unitarian Universalist minister, and I know the Bible pretty well. I'm David Waters. My pronouns are he, him. I am Minister for Education at King's Chapel, and I know the Bible pretty well as well. Hi, I'm Sue Buzzard, she, her, hers. Uh, I am married to Jay and I am a lay person when it comes to the Bible. So I know the hits and like whatever they made a musical out of. So the way this show works is I tell a story from the Bible, David and I talk about it and Sue reacts to it because Mm -hmm. more often than not, she has never heard these before. It's in the book. Previously in the Bible. So Rebecca is barren, but then she's not all of a sudden, and she has twins, and Esau is born first, and then Jacob is born, but the Lord says that the older will serve the younger, and sure enough, Esau is a big, burly bear of a hunter, and Jacob (laughs) is a soft mama's boy, and one day, Esau comes in from hunting and is starving. And Jacob is cooking some lentil stew and Jacob gets Esau to sell his birthright to him uh, that he would have as the firstborn to Jacob for a bowl of stew. Like you do. As one does. And then there is a third sister wife story. And this time it is with Isaac and Rebecca. If you want to hear what a sister wife story is, go back and listen to season one. Greatest hits. Greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the sister wife stories are really more deep cuts, I think. Like those don't mm, they yeah. don't really make them into the musicals. Yeah. But like you had never heard that before, right, hon? No. Yeah. No. Because they don't make the songs out of like, hey, you're my wife, but pretend you're my sister. I'm sorry, I derailed. Okay, this. we're keeping it so moving. Let's keep it going. So then Isaac wants to bless Esau because Esau is his favorite son, but Jacob is Rebecca's favorite. So while Esau is out hunting, Rebecca dresses Jacob in Esau's clothes and puts animal skins on him to make him feel hairy like his brother. Then Jacob is able to trick Isaac into blessing him instead of Esau because Isaac is old and his eyes are failing him. Mm. And Esau is so pissed about this that he says he wants to kill Jacob. Mm. So Rebecca is like, oh shit. Uh, And she sends Jacob to go live with her brother Laban till Esau cools down. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Today we're going to talk about uh, the sister wives, Leah and Rachel. What is a sister wife? Remind me. What do you think is a sister wife? Um, I think they are both wives to the same person. And ergo, they are like, we're kind of like sisters or or they're like wives, but they're bosom buddies. Well, in the Bible, a sister wife, two sister wives are w- wives to the same husband. Mm-hmm. But they're also literally sisters. Oh, <laughs> I am grossed out (laughs) by that. Okay. All right. Moving on. Thank you for answering my query. My 
brother-in-law Lev and I like to call ourselves sister husbands because we <laughs> are married to twins so like they're twins oh you know it's God. like a whole you know I just wanted to flag a couple of things. We're talking about the sister wives, but Jacob is also threading throughout this. And yeah. I I was remembering that moment with Isaac when Isaac is like, who are you, my son? And I just wanted to flag like how Jacob's identity, how we would answer that question as we go through this hour. Oh, like, who are you, Jacob? Who are you? Correct. I think it's very interesting how who he is is shifting. He's a soft boy bottom. Really? Not, not anymore. Oh. Well, that's exactly. What? Sometimes though. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Right. So like fluid, right? Fluid. He is. So Jacob is continuing on his journey towards his uncle's house. Mm-hmm. And he, it says he arrives at the land of the children of the East. And mm-hmm. he finds a well with three flocks of sheep in front of it because it says that they were watered from the well. And so, you know, there's lots of well imagery. And remember, first time we meet Rebecca, it's at the well. Yeah, camels and, yeah, and well. Before that, Isaac was naming all the wells. And mm-hmm. I mean, wells were probably very important to this region because and- it was the desert. And have we talked about wells as indicators of like betrothal scenes? No. So like we saw Rebecca at the well, right? And that Mm -hmm. was a betrothal scene. So a lot in the Hebrew Bible, the wells, they're also like a set piece, right? So it's kind of like Alter talks a lot about these set pieces and the audience then would have known, right? It's like if you see a cowboy hat or whatever, right? Right. (laughs) Oh, it's a well, time for somebody to get hitched. Okay, there you go. I love it. So uh, it doesn't say that there are people at the well, but I guess there are because Jacob starts talking to them and he finds out that they're from Haran. So he asks if they know Laban, his uncle. He asks how Laban is, and they say he's great. Oh, look, here's his daughter, Rachel, coming right now with the flock. And it says Mm. Rachel, and it says she was a shepherdess, came up, and Jacob rolls the stone off the well, and he waters her sheep for her. So very Mm. gentlemanly, kind of the opposite of what Rebecca did with Mm -hmm. the camels and the last thing. Then Jacob kisses Rachel quite forward, but perhaps not quite as sexy as it would be for us. Cause I think that kissing was something you did with your family quite a bit. Mm. And she is of course his cousin, but he kisses her. And then he starts crying because mm. he's a soft boy. And yeah. he tells her he's her aunt Rebecca's son. And she runs to tell her father and Laban comes out and they hug and kiss. And Jacob tells him what's going on. And Laban is like, you are truly my bone and my flesh. And after Jacob has been with them for a month, Laban is like, look, you shouldn't work for me for free just because you're my family. What would you like to be paid? So a uh, couple things. One is the crying. Yeah. Interestingly, when he raises his voice to cry, it's the exact same phrase as when Esau cried uh, when he was robbed oh, yeah. of his blessing. Man, so it's like, oh, is this a little foreshadowing? Um, so that's <laughs> oh, an interesting. Spoilers. Also, what is the deal with I love you so much. You're bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You've been working for me for a month and now I'm going to start paying you? Weird. I don't know. Maybe the timing just felt different back then. Laban sucks. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. He does. He does suck. <laughs> like, just wait, because you're going to see that he sucks. <laughs> oh, that's just it. He just I sucks. So it says that Laban has two daughters. Leah is the older daughter, and it says she has timid eyes. And this is one of those things that nobody really knows how to translate it. And Rachel, the younger, it says she was hot and beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Literally, it says she had a, a, a beautiful shape and a beautiful mm. face or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um, so she has a hot bod. Mm. Uh, mm. And Jacob, it says Jacob loved Rachel. And he says, I'll serve you to Laban. He says, I'll serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban is like, great, your family. And that is a plus for me. So sure, I agree. <laughs> serve me seven years for my daughter. So Jacob serves Laban, uh, Laban seven years for mm -hmm. Rachel. And it says it seemed like just a few days because of his love for her. Mm -hmm. After the seven years, Jacob's like, okay, my time's up. Give me my wife so I can bang her. And then, <laughs> and then Laban threw a huge drinking party with the whole town. And then when the evening comes, he brings his older daughter, Leah, to Jacob and they bang. And it says in the morning, voila, it was Leah, not Rachel. Dun, dun, so dun. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. <laughs> what a miscommunication. I don't know how much we're supposed to really believe that he didn't know it was her, right? But like, mm. you know, I guess you could say maybe there was a veil because I know there, you know, mm -hmm. like when Rebecca shows up with Isaac, she pulls a veil over her. So there's probably like a veil and maybe there was like a disguise as Jacob had done to Isaac, mm -hmm. right? So this is in a way- Maybe it, might it, be it was like the return of hijinks. Sort of, yeah, exactly. Mm. It's like, I mean, it's you're definitely supposed to be thinking of how Jacob did this switcheroo because this is another switcheroo mm -hmm. like and it's the younger for the older and all of yeah. that or the older for the younger rather whereas he was or, the younger yeah. instead of the older so it's mm. sort of like oh and you know this is like super not okay from a modern perspective and, you know okay. and i don't think it's really okay even from the book's perspective and so jacob goes to laban and is like what the fuck the deal was rachel why did you deceive me and laban is like well it's not the custom here to marry off the younger before the older looks directly at camera the older mm. is supposed to get the stuff and not the younger. And so he says, okay, I'll give you my other daughter too if you agree to serve me another seven years. This guy sucks. He does suck. Uh, but Jacob agrees to serve him another seven years and then he gets Rachel as, as his wife too. And it says Jacob banged Rachel too and he loved her more than Leah. Sorry, Leah. So Jacob yeah. served Laban another uh, seven years and the Lord sees that Leah is unloved. So it says that he opened her womb but Rachel was barren. So the Lord is looking out for the screwed over wife here. And we also get the other barren matriarch mm -hmm. because all the matriarchs have to be barren at some point. Well, not Leah. But Leah's special because she wasn't loved. Yeah. So she needed something. Uh, Leah has a son named Reuben. And uh, she says it means the Lord has seen my affliction and now my husband will love me. OMG, poor Leah. And then it yeah. says Leah bears three more sons, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, and says heartbreaking <sighs> things about each of their names being about God hearing her suffering or getting her husband to care about her. And then Rachel becomes jealous of Leah because Leah had, had four boys and Rachel had no kids. And mm. ostensibly that was like a way of getting status back then. So Rachel goes to Jacob and says, give me children or I'll die. Yeah. And Jacob is like, what the fuck? I'm not God. I can't do anything <laughs> but what I'm already doing. Like yeah. I'm, I'm trying. Like, listen, I'm literally doing 
anything like everything that I possibly can (laughs) to create children with you. (laughs) So Rachel says, okay, here's my maid Bilha. Bang her so that through her I may have children. So remember, this is similar to To Hagar. Exactly. Hagar and Sarah. Mm -hmm. Because I guess that if a woman had a handmaid, you know, an enslaved woman who was her quote unquote handmaid or Mm -hmm. servant or slave, that she could quote, give the handmaid to her husband as a wife. And she then had the right of claiming those children Mm. because this Mm. person was property and just an extension of this other person's self guy in a way, but like. It's clear that the children are different. It's clear that the children are not truly considered the children. Oh, yeah. of, you mean they're treated differently. They're treated yeah. differently. And and we saw that with Ishmael. Yeah. And we're going to see that mm. with these kids as well. Mm. Anyway, so Bilha, Rachel's handmaid, uh, has a son with Jacob that is in some way legally Rachel's. And Rachel names him Dan because she says it's a play on God vindicating her. Mm. Then Bilha bears Jacob another son. And Rachel says, OK, I'm going to name this one Naftali because that's a pun on the contest I wage with my sister sister that I've prevailed in. <laughs> so they're basically like having a rap battle, but with the names of their children. Yeah. So Leah now has stopped bearing children and she's like, fuck you, Rachel, you're not going to best me. So then Leah gives her maid Zilpa to Jacob and Zilpa bears him two sons and they sort of belong to Leah and Leah names them Gad and Asher, which she says are wordplay with luck and fortune. I just want you to know that as you're doing this, I am reciting a song in my head for Joseph Anthony Mason's character color dream coat, which lists off the names of all of Jacob's sons. Great. So oh, you, wow. you, you do know some yeah. of this stuff. I do. And it's I'm all from that show, probably. Yeah. And I also realized <laughs> that Andrew Lloyd Webber messed up the birth order because he needed names to rhyme with other names. And sure. I'm fine with that. So it says, it says once at the time of harvest, Reuben, who was Leah's oldest and the firstborn of Jacob, brought his mother some mandrakes mandrakes may have had magical powers they may have been like fertility things i don't know david you know more about this than i do well i just looked it up and ultra says mandrakes are used for medicinal purposes perhaps as an aphrodisiac Mm -mm -mm. perhaps they did promote fertility so uh rachel is like hey sis give me some of those because i could really use them you know assuming Mm -hmm. that they are you know aphrodisiacs or fertility such such or other mm-hmm. and leah is like first you take my husband now you want my son's mandrakes rachel is like <laughs> when will it end when will it end <laughs> and rachel is like look just give me the mandrakes and i will make sure he bangs you tonight ooh so leah apparently agrees because that night when Jacob comes in from the field, Leah meets him and says, come on, I fucking hired you with my son's mandrakes and you're coming with me. So, and it says he lay with <laughs> yes, her. Yes, ma'am. That- yeah, yeah. yeah. And it says he lay with her that night. So he was just Off like, we go. and it said that God listened to Leah and she bore a fifth son. So God pays a lot of attention to Leah, even though her mm-hmm. husband does not. Mm. At least somebody does. Yeah. Sorry, Leah. <laughs> so she names this son Issachar. It's a pun on reward for giving her maid to her husband, it says. And also on the word for hire. <laughs> like, because when she says, this I was fucking a contractual hired you. Yeah, like, she hired the husband. This was a business transaction. Exactly. <laughs> she then has a sixth son and names him Zebulon, which she says means gift. And finally, she bore him a daughter named Dina. A girl. 
so there's a midrash that says that Dina started out as male in the womb, but was changed by God before she was born into a girl. We'll talk about that more later. And holy shit, these women are still having babies. <laughs> Finally, mm-hmm. God remembers Rachel and she has a son. Jake. No. Joseph? Joseph, there oh, you go. Yay. Yes. Wait, what about Benjamin and Judah? We already heard about Judah. Judah was uh, Leah's fourth son. Oh, my bad. I was listening so hard. Yeah, no, Judah <laughs> was there already. What about Benjamin? Hold on. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. But Joseph, you know about Joseph. I do know about Joseph. Yes. And she says, God has taken away her disgrace. Great. Then Jacob goes to Laban and says, hey, let me go home, please. I've done all this. So give me my wives and children and let me go. And Laban is like, the Lord has blessed me on your account. So (laughs) name your wages and I'll pay. And Jacob is like, you know what a good job I've done and how everything for you has improved while I've been here. All I want is to take from your flock every black sheep and every spotted goat for my wages. And I think what this was is that like the black sheep and the spotted goats maybe are worth less. And Laban is like, okay. But that day he took all his black sheep and spotted goats and gave them to his sons and then put a distance of three days journey between himself and Jacob because he's a fucking dick. What is wrong yeah. with this guy? He sucks. Why is he doing this? <laughs> he's garbage. Uh, <sighs> Jacob does some magic animal husbandry and gets the goats to mate by some poplar and almond shoots that he made look spotted. And somehow this makes the goats have spotted babies. And then he makes the sheep look at dark goats while they're fucking. And that makes them have black lambs. <laughs> What mm. you know, it works in he the story. Some witchcraft, exactly. And, yeah. uh, it works. <laughs> and yeah. then he only did the magic to strong animals, so he got strong babies, and Laban got the weak babies. Sure. So Jacob takes Take these. And, yeah, mm. he uh, gets rich and winds up owning large flocks and servants and camels and asses. But mm. Laban's sons start talking shit, saying Jacob built his wealth from taking their fathers. Fuck you. Mm. Quite Jacob- privilege. Yes. <laughs> this is an allegory for white privilege there's a lot of that in here yeah so jacobs noticed laban was acting differently and the lord is like hey it's time to go home to your father's land where you were born i'll be with you so jacob calls rachel and leah to the field And is like, your dad's acting differently towards me and he keeps dicking me over. (laughs) Fortunately, God is with me and told me it's time to go back to my birth land. And Rachel and Leah are like, look, we're not going to get any inheritance from Laban since you bought Mm. us. And now we have our own wealth now that God has given to us. So, you know, do what God says. Yeah, works for us. Let's yeah. hit it. And so <laughs> Jacob puts his enormous family on camels and goes off with all his livestock and possessions back towards Canaan. But Laban had gone to shear his sheep and Rachel had stolen his household idols. His dun, dun, dun. Unbeknownst to Jacob. Oh, no. These are like household gods, all right? Of, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like whatever. You know, your, your house statues. Yeah, whatever deities <laughs> your... they, they worship. <laughs> so they leave without telling Laban crossing the Euphrates and heading towards Gilead. Mm-hmm. But Laban catches them in Gilead and confronts Jacob. Laban is like, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell me you wanted to go? I didn't even get to kiss my kids and grandkids goodbye. And, you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and also he's like, and why'd you steal my gods? And Jacob's like, look, I thought you'd take your daughters back for me. Because you're a dick. I definitely didn't take your gods because Jacob didn't know Rachel had taken them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, look through all of our stuff. And if anyone has your gods, may they die. <gasps> no. 
Dun, dun, dun. Oh man, I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> well, actually, sad. it takes a while for the payoff to come, but it. You know, oh, okay, uh, it good. does. It does. But uh, Laban goes through Jacob's tent and the two maids' tent and Leah's tent and finds nothing. And right before he gets to Rachel's tent, she puts all the idols under a cushion and sits on it. And he <laughs> <laughs> just cash, just sitting. Well, he busts in. And he starts rummaging around and she says, hi, dad, I'm sorry, I can't get up to greet you. I'm having my period. So- <laughs> yeah. The old period. Dad. Yeah. So, I don't know. People just like sat on a cushion for five days or whatever. And that's like, like, listen, it is just really flowing right now. Everybody will be happier if I just stay seated. Listen, anyway, yeah. bye. Diva cups won't be invented for, for a while. So, so uh, Laban was not about to ask her to get up. So he just didn't find the idols. And Jacob is like, what the fuck, dude? What is my crime that you pursue me? I'm innocent as fuck. And I served you for 20 years and your flocks flourished, even though you dicked me over again and again. And Laban is like, OMG, literally everything you have is because of me. (laughs) But okay, let's make a covenant. It's like, let's let bygones be bygones. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Uh, So they set up a pillar and a mound and make a covenant. And Laban is like, look. I won't cross this mound into your territory and you won't cross it into mine with hostile intent. That's fair, right? But if you Mm. fuck with my daughters or take other wives, (laughs) God is going to fuck you up. You don't care. You don't give a fuck, <laughs> Laban. Don't fuck with us. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, Laban. That's what God's gonna do. Yeah. Guy to whom God has never done anything nice or given any attention to, uh, whatever. So Jacob sacrificed an animal and they all ate and spent the night. In the morning, Laban kissed his daughters and grandchildren and went back home. Bye. Good. So that is where we are going to end the story for today. Uh, What a jerk. And final thoughts. (laughs) First of all, OMG. So this is what I always like to think of when people who are against same-sex marriage are like, I think marriage should be like what it says in the Bible. Mm. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm mm. like, so you oh, should. Man, you don't know. You don't know. So you should work for seven years to marry a daughter and then accidentally marry her sister and then work for another seven years to marry both sisters. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to trade your dick off to one another with snack foods. <laughs> Wow. Like, wow. In exchange snack. for yeah. snack foods. Yeah. That is like how them and, and hands are in should, there. Yeah, there should be know. slavery involved and mm. you know, coerced surrogate motherhood. Yeah. And that, that that's definitely what we want in biblical that's the marriage. Def- that's yeah. your ideal marriage. Anyway, I do want to also talk about power and rivalry and the children being used as one-ups and the the surrogate motherhood because we talked about it a fair amount with Hagar last season and here these women Bilha and Zilpa don't get as much story as Hagar did yeah and, and they mentioned their names once you yeah know, they don't have like a redemption arc well not I'm sorry a redemption arc is not accurate but they don't have anywhere near the story of, of Hagar. No, they don't. We To talk about this, I kind of had to go back to writings about Hagar. So I went back and I looked at Sisters in the Wilderness by Dolores S. Williams. And she writes about the lack of agency that Hagar experiences over her body. 
and the lack of a choice in motherhood that she has. She also notes that in the Hagar Sarai story, Sarai has the right to adopt Ishmael, but she apparently doesn't exercise that right in the story because she ends up kicking them out. She's like, I don't want that kid to share the inheritance with my son. And Mm -hmm. in the story with Zilpah and Bilha, we see Leah and Rachel exercise some more ownership over the sons. I mean, they name them, but Mm -hmm. nevertheless, you kind of see going on, they never really are truly considered Rachel and Leah's sons. And they're also not afforded attention in the narrative in the same way that really only four of Leah's sons and one of Rachel's sons are. I guess Benjamin gets mm-hmm. a little bit of, of airtime, but the, the lead characters, as far as the 12 sons, 12 sons are Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, and Joseph. So other than those five, the other sons are basically like background NPCs. I guess that's Benjamin a, has some stuff. a character for anyone who might be wondering what that acronym means. Thank yes. you. I appreciate that. Wait, say that, <laughs> say that again. Uh, NPC is an acronym for non-playable character, in case anyone was unaware. In a video game. In a video game. And then uh, there's a newer book called Reimagining Hagar by Dr. Nyasha Jr., And she notes that the surrogates, Hagar, Zilpah, Bilha, are owned initially by women and not men, and they are given to their husbands as wives. So it's the same word that the relationship of Rachel, Leah, and Sarai have to their husbands, but they really do remain subjugated. They are still owned by the women and they're only wives in regard to their sexual relationship with the men and not in status. I was reading a commentary that does go back to Sarah and Hagar and Rebecca. And it says, you know, until now women have partaken in the promise of birthing nations. So Sarah gives birth to the promised child from whom all nations will be blessed. Hagar, the slave girl, will also birth a great nation, the the Ishmaelites. Mm -hmm. Rebecca will be the mother of two nations, Israel and Edom. But then after Rebecca, like when you get to Rachel and Leah, they're like participants, but now they're kind of sharing the like creation of Israel, right? So it's like the 12 tribes now. It goes from like nations to tribes. And Mm -hmm. so there's a change there's a change in that as well. So it's sort of this shift in focus. That's... Right. And they they end up being the sort of sibling rivalry warring tribes, mm. right? Within the nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Not to, again, be too spoilery. No, it's a teaser. Yeah. And also, I mean, I, I keep going back to this surrogate motherhood thing because then I also remember reading about like there's a big surrogate mother industry now because a lot of very wealthy women choose not to carry their own children for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. uh, and not even very wealthy women. Um, I-, I remember reading about the huge surrogate motherhood industry in Ukraine. A lot of Americans will have surrogate mothers in Ukraine because they can pay them a lot less And when Uh. Russia invaded Ukraine, a lot of the surrogate mothers were forced to relocate because they were carrying children of Americans Mm -hmm. or or people who didn't want them to stay in Ukraine. So a lot of these surrogate mothers had to leave their own children behind in Ukraine 
and relocate somewhere because for the time that they were carrying this child, they did not own their body. I was thinking of surrogacy just from the perspective of, you know, a mother who has carried her own child and thinking of if I had to be, you know, if I, if I had to be a surrogate and like, after I raised this, if I, I grew this human being in my body and then I gave birth to it and then someone else was like, Hey, thanks for my kid. Bye. I would be utterly heartbroken. Yeah. That's, that's just the thing that came up for me. So I think of a couple of things. There was a, an, an episode of this American life a while back where a gay couple were actually, they had been trying to adopt for a while and then they ended up doing surrogacy and they talked about the sort of real moral and ethical things that they were wrestling with, right? They were trying to do it in an ethical way and in an intentional way. And then the, just the hard nature of that and, and the, the, the wrestling that they had to do with that. And the other piece is, I think it is valuable to, to take a step back and think about our relationship to children and what we understand children to be and represent versus what they were and represented mm. back back then and that scene where Laban is like where Jacob is like I was afraid that you would take these women back right mm. so it, there are commentators who point to like Jacob is not a slave but his rights are on shaky ground. Like he shows mm. up with nothing, right? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and it's like, he's being paid. Like he now get, he's like marrying these, these women who are, you know, quote unquote Laban's, right? Mm -hmm. And so when Laban stands there and says, these women, these kids, they're all mine, yeah. right? We're like, no, they're not. But like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's like, but like for him, it, yeah. like yeah. if he had, if he was like less afraid of Jacob's God, if he had more resources at his command, right? Mm. When Jacob says, "I was afraid you'd take these suckers back," uh, that's a real possibility. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, that's and legit. So we come at this story from two thousand years, and we're like. Right these women are the mothers of nations, you know? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. like for Laban, these women are the mothers of children who can till my fields and do this and do that <laughs> and do the other for me, right? And yeah. so that's the tension, which I think is really interesting. He still sucks. Still sucks. Still sucks. Oh, no oh, <laughs> question. I just also want to note, I loved the menstruation as the plot point. Because, <laughs> me too. Because I wish we mm. saw more of that in Hollywood movies these days. <laughs> I wish there were more menstruation as a plot point. Mm -hmm. Finally, I wanted to go back and, and mention something that we teased earlier. And it's the Midrash that thinks that Dina, the daughter of Leah, was oh, yeah. a male yeah. in the womb and was made a girl before mm. she was born. Or some people, some say at the moment of birth. And this is the Midrash Tan Huma of Vayetse. It says... You find that this happened to Leah after she had given birth to six sons. She foresaw in a dream that Jacob would ultimately have 12 sons. So she's psychic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe she has the same gift that Joseph ends up having. So since she had already given birth to six sons and was pregnant with her seventh child and the two handmaidens had each born two sons, making 10 sons in all, Leah arose and pleaded with the Holy One saying, master of the universe, 
12 tribes are to descend from Jacob. And since I have already given birth to six sons and am pregnant with a seventh child, and each of the handmaidens had borne two sons, which account for 10 sons, if the child within me is male, my sister will not bear even as many sons as the handmaidens. The Holy One, blessed be he, hearkened to her prayer and converted the fetus in her womb into a female, as it is said. And afterwards, she bore a daughter and called her Dina. It says that the way it knows that she was originally a male is that the masculine form of afterwards is written in this verse and not the feminine form, thus signifying the fetus was originally that of a male child. Sure. I've Mm. also read that the reason that they felt like this was necessary to mention was just the fact that Dina was worthy of being mentioned being born. (laughs) Because Ah. usually you don't hear about women being born. I mean, you hear about Rebecca, but her gender is also kind of Mm -hmm. on the fence. I thought that that was interesting since this is a queer Bible podcast. I also like that she did that to help her sister. She's like, yeah, that's very, very different from the the relationship that they seem to have in the in the text, which Mm -hmm. I like. I like that in a lot of Midrash, they have a much more complex relationship Mm. as opposed to just sort of being a patriarchal competitive thing. Okay, Sue, wrap it up. What do you remember? Ooh, man. Um, Jacob meets his cousin and is like hard eyes, uh, goes to his uncle. Jacob's like, hey, I would love to marry my cousin, your daughter. He's like, uh, all right, cool. And Jacob's like, I will work for seven years and then get your daughter. But then at the wedding, there's a switcheroo and he gives the older daughter and he's like, what? No, don't No, This is terrible. He's like, okay, 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 okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. The band's like, let's do another deal. Seven more years of work. And then you'll get my other daughter. How's that work out? That happens. He has two wives, they're sisters. So they're sister wives. They have a lot of children and the maidens also have to come in and help make some more children. And Reuben is the eldest of the children of Israel and Simeon and Levi are the next in line. These are lyrics. This is the lyrics to the song about (laughs) Jacob's sons. Um, And then there's lots of kids, but then eventually Joseph is born uh so Laban is a dick and Jacob is like hey wives let's get out of here (laughs) um and they put all their stuff on camels and they get all their kids and they cross you know into Canaan but uh Rachel was like haha I'm taking these idols fuck you dad Eh." Um, (laughs) and then Laban's like my idols they gone and he chases them <laughs> and he meets up with them in like some town. And he's like, I know you took my idols. Um, mm. Jacob's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Dad-in-law, also you're a jerk. Rachel uh, pretends to have her period on a cushion to hide mm. the idols. Oldest trick in the book. Um, Dad's <laughs> like, ugh, menstruating, uh, bye. Uh. Well, I mean, um, the story is like 2,500 years old. So this is like the oldest trick in the book, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nailed it. Um, and it wraps up and then they make a mound and they're like, let's not cross this line, which is basically the equivalent of duct tape down the center of a bedroom that two siblings share. Mm. That's what I remember. All right, that do. was pretty good. Yeah. There you have it. It's in the book. It's in the book. Next time on It's in the Book wrestling with God. Hello, hello, Jay here. 
Thank you again so much for listening to our second season of It's in the Book, a queer Bible podcast. This has been a absolutely wild couple of years, as I'm sure you know, and I'm so happy that we've been able to come back with a second season, all three of us me, Sue, and David. And of course, I would not have been able to do this without my wonderful Patreon supporters, Emily P., Kevin T., Pam L., Nina E., Jill, Valerie S., Mary, Len T., Halliday N., Monica, Nell S., and Tom S. All of you have made it possible for us to continue to work on this show despite everything going on for us and in the world. And you have also allowed us to continue to develop Beloved King, a Queer Bible Musical. What's Beloved King, a Queer Bible Musical, some of you might ask. Well, Beloved King was my thesis at Harvard Divinity School. It is a full-length musical based on the story of David and Jonathan in the book of Samuel. It has been a long journey and a weird time to create a queer biblical musical, but last year we released an EP of six of the songs. The EP is called Songs from Beloved King, a queer Bible musical, and you can listen to it on almost any streaming site that you choose. I'd love to hear what you think, so if you want to find it, listen to it, and then let me know on social media. I'm on Instagram at j.sylvan.themself. I'd love to hear what you think. You can also follow Beloved King Musical on Instagram. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash jsylvan. If that's not something you're interested in or able to do, no worries. Sharing, subscribing, and rating and reviewing this podcast is a huge help in helping it to find its audience. Well, thank you. See you next time.